Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the final hour is here on the Thursday edition of Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Coming up in 20 minutes, Ryan Leaf will join us. Chad, how would you describe today's show? Fast paced. Discussing Michigan and. Riveting, thought provoking, somewhat scandalous at times. Yeah, the, the layers to Connor Stallions. I just, I mean, I'm no conspiracy theorist most of the time. I tend to shy away from conspiracy theories, but. This South Carolina connection thing it is with, crazy. with Michigan and uh, with Beamer's past and with those two games and with just Trey, keeps and, screaming yes. out to me. And then uh, Trey Wallace, who joined us earlier, spoke to uh, sources who tell him it's that South Carolina's program is denying this. Like, yeah. Absolutely did not happen. But, I mean, all of the coincidence uh, and the – the paper trail from Michigan and then being able to see what happened and knowing just based on other reports, like John Bryce, who's saying like many think that they could have tried to help out opponents that were going to be playing possible college football playoff opponents or teams in their way to get into the college football playoff. If they weren't going to end up beating uh, Ohio state, for instance, what would happen there? It's just, it is bizarre crazy and I mean who knows what to believe Chad because we're we're also looking back at a message board post from December for uh Arnie Palmer yeah you know or whoever whatever the username is well there is a, a pretty strong Nashville connection here uh with the Arnie Palmer post uh Matt Weiss being a former Vanderbilt player uh Josh Gaddis who was the offensive coordinator being a former Vanderbilt assistant the game in Nashville at Vanderbilt that was the leak of this information also. John Bryce used the phrase jockeying for position, that it became not just about scouting potential opponents for Michigan, but about their concern about being in the right spot in line to be in the college football playoff. Um, that is a damning allegation. We don't have proof of anything yet. As of right now, these are just coaches talking to Bryce. He's been told, yeah. That are that this is the talk in the coaching community that was going on with when you look at who they were scouting and then some of the things that happened after they scouted them. Um, I, I, look, I, I'll I'll continue to state this: if it the Washington Post report is true, and that a an outside third party counsel has all the information on devices and computers within Michigan football. All of this stuff will come out in the wash eventually. I also think that eventually Connor Stallions will speak. And when that happens, we're going to get a lot more information. But this, to me, takes this scandal way past where it was before, if true. Because it goes from, we're just doing everything we can to get creative about how we win games, to we are now going to take that approach that's against the rules, and we are going to negatively affect other teams that's not even on our schedule in order to ensure our spot in the pecking order. 
That is an enormous scandal that we haven't seen in college football in quite some time, if it can be proven. So we'll continue to monitor this story. We'll, you'll get all the latest right here on our show. That's right. Chad, uh, no team on a bye week this week across the NFL in, in week eight. And unders are still the play if you're going to outkick.com slash bet. At 64-41-1, so 61% of the time, the under is hitting in the NFL this season. It's the best win percentage for unders through seven weeks in the wild card era. And the tight games. Since the Monday night game in week six, 24 of the last 29 NFL games have been decided by, or have been a one-score game in the fourth quarter. And it's been that way for 70% of the games uh, in the NFL this season. If you want to play the under, you can head over to uh, pointsbet, outkick.com slash bet. If you haven't taken a shot with pointsbet, now is the perfect moment. Big reason why. Exclusively for first-time pointsbet users, grab this unique offer. Right now, new pointsbet users can get up to $1,000 in second-chance bets. If your first bet doesn't go as planned, pointsbet has your back with a second chance. Get this offer by visiting outkick.com slash bet. You complete the registration process with PointsBet. Make your first bet. If your first bet happens to lose, well, that's when the second chance bets come into play. Remember, terms and conditions apply. You've got to be 21 or older in legal gambling states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Head over to outkick.com slash bet to snag this offer. It is time for one big thing on every NFL game. And we start with Thursday Night Football. The Bucks. Enter at three and three. The Buffalo Bills hosting Tampa Bay. They're four and three now. The Bills, 0 and three this season when they don't rush for 100 yards in the game. The Bills have lost as many games through seven weeks as they did all of last season. And they've been outscored 30 to 10 in the first half of these last three games. Two of those last three, of course, losses. Last week, Against the Patriots, Josh Allen, Chad, he averaged just six and a half yards per attempt. And that was after he averaged just 5.6 yards per attempt against the Giants. This is uh, not your uh, last year's version or the year prior version of the Buffalo Bills offense. Yeah, and you can just chalk it up to frustration or whatever from Josh Allen postgame, but his comments were a little bit concerning. It was kind of a, hey, it's not was we have the people in the locker room to fix this. It was more of a almost Jonathan Allen-like response from the Commanders postgame where he just says, I'm tired of saying this. I mean, it feels bleak right now. I don't know what to do because it continues to happen over and over again, and we got to get it fixed. They need to get it fixed starting tonight. Florida teams have historically struggled whenever they travel to Buffalo. Jags, Bucks, Dolphins, a combined 7-23 and straight up against Buffalo, in Buffalo, over the last 20 years. Take that uh, for note on a short week. Buccaneers run game, non-existent. And that's been that way for the last two years or so. Maybe they could be in a mix over the weekend for a trade. They're being rumored and linked up with Tennessee and Derrick Henry. Texans and Panthers. Panthers hosting Houston. Both teams are coming off of a bye. It's the battle of the top two draft picks, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And by the way, the third overall pick will also be in this game. It's the first time... Uh, this uh, first time in a game that it features the top three selections from the most recent NFL draft. Hmm. And in Frank Reich's coaching career, he's coached four games coming off a bye. His teams are 4-0 and in those games. Rams are hitting the road. They are in Dallas. Dallas coming off of a bye week. 
Dallas 4-2. Sean McVay's team has lost only one game by more than one possession. It was a nine-point loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. All of its four losses are to teams currently no worse than 500 this season. Vikings and Packers on Sunday. Minnesota traveling 278 miles to Green Bay. And I mentioned this with Armando. Minnesota owns the NFC's longest active winning streak of two games. Minnesota rookie wide receiver Jordan Addison, he's tied for second in the NFL with six touchdown receptions this season. And the Vikings still have not scored a rushing touchdown. Meanwhile, Green Bay, they made it four straight games now where they've scored three or fewer points in the first half. First time that's happened since 1990. And Green Bay, Chad, has been outscored 63-6 to in the first half of these four games. Hutton's back in on the Vikings, too. Back in. This would be a big one in division and uh, yes. one they need because they have looked a lot better than the Packers recently. Indianapolis staying in Indy, hosting the Saints this week. The Colts are the only NFL team to score 20 points, at least 20 points, uh, in every game this season. When Gardner Minshew, when his opponents, uh, when he scores more than 20 points, when the opponent does, Gardner Minshew is 1-15 and 15 straight up. Not putting up many points unless the defense is helping him. And for the first time in three overlapping games, Jonathan Taylor, he was more efficient than Zach Moss on the ground and in the passing game. And it's been roughly a 50-50 split since Taylor came back. I think that probably changes on Sunday. I think it's going to morph to 60-40, then eventually 70-30, Taylor. But Zach Moss has been really good. That's a nice one-two punch in the backfield. The Dolphins are 5-2 coming up the, the, the loss in Philly. They're hosting New England, who enters off of a win against Buffalo. Tyreek Hill, he leads the NFL with 902 receiving yards, seven touchdown receptions. He's third in his ranking with 53 catches on the season. And Miami just learned that they're the in-season locker room and team for hard knocks. Which thrills us. And doesn't thrill Tua and company, apparently. Uh, The Giants and Jets. The Giants have scored 17 total points in three home games this year. Jets, of course, also share the stadium with them. Zach Wilson became the first player since the NFL merger to record the worst passer rating two years in a row last season. And this year, he currently has the third worst passer rating in the league. It's ahead of Daniel Jones um, and Ryan Tannehill. Plenty of time, Zach, to pick that up. No doubt. And, and make it a trifecta. Three for just, three. Just three years on, in a row. Hold on strong we got until plenty Rogers of weeks. comes back. We got plenty of weeks for that passer rating <laughs> to lower, lower, lower. And you can do it. Come on, Zach. Let's make it happen. Three years in a row. I kid because I'm actually all in on the Jets. Doing enough to be in the playoff hunt uh, when Aaron Rodgers may come back miraculously right. later this year. The Jaguars are 5-2. and two. The Steelers are 4-2. and two. Jacksonville's defense, 16 takeaways through seven games. The Steelers have played 41 straight games without reaching uh, 41, um, or excuse me, 400 yards of offense. The fire Canada chance continue there. And in six games this year, the Steelers have gone 4-0 when George Pickens finishes with 75 yards receiving or more, and they're 0-2 when he doesn't. Feed him the football. Will Levis makes his NFL debut for the Titans. Tennessee host Atlanta on Sundays. Arthur Smith returns to Nashville with the Falcons as head coach. Uh, Since Mike Vrabel was hired as head coach in 2018, the Titans have not lost a game following their bye week. They're 
going 5-0 and during this stretch. They're one of four NFL teams that have won every game following their bye week since 2018. That's Kansas City, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and, of course, uh, the, the Titans with, with Vrabel. And uh, the Titans, by the way, they have allowed eight yards per pass attempt to opposing quarterbacks. And they also give up. Uh, they also only been good on run under four yards per carry. But Desmond Ritter is looking for his uh, third straight game or fourth straight game now. He's had three straight games for over 250 yards passing. So can Ritter carve them up? That's what quarterbacks have done against this Titans defense. It's a pretty good coaching stat, by the way. Winning coming off a of bye week. Those coaches you mentioned that it have helps. done it, Sean McDermott, Mike Vrabel, Mike Tomlin, Andy Reid. Pretty good four-pack of coaches. Eagles are on the road against the Commanders. Since 2022, Jalen Hurts is 9-0 and with teams coming uh, into a with a winning record. Uh, here's the Commanders at 3-4, and four, however. Eagles are 13-1 and over the last two seasons in the months of September and October. And Sam Howell, he's been sacked 40 times so far this season. That's the most in the NFL. Late afternoon, Seahawks and Browns. According to uh, Hall of Fame voter Tony Grossi, Miles Garrett was responsible last week for 17 of the Browns' 39 points, two sacks, two strips, a block kick, and the strips led to two touchdowns. The, and, of course, uh, he blocked the, the field goal there, too. Uh, Cardinals and Ravens. Kyler Murray, a full participant in practice, towards ACL 10 months ago, but he can make his 2023 debut on Sunday. Lamar Jackson coming off his best performance of the season. He is 16-1 for his career against the NFC. And when he plays for the Ravens, the Ravens are 50-18. Dude wins, and he certainly wins against the NFC. Broncos and Chiefs in mile high. You've got Kansas City at 6-1. They're going to win the division, and that's because the rest of the division is awful. Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos are a combined 7-13 and and a minus 129-point differential. And the Chiefs have won 13 consecutive division games. They get it done uh, in the AFC West. The Niners hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. Chad, Christian McCaffrey. He has more touchdowns than the Giants, the Titans, mm. Jets, Bengals, Steelers, and Buccaneers offenses. Good for that? Christian McCaffrey. Tough for those other teams you just named. That's right. Chargers are back home again. Sunday night football, Chargers and Bears. A battle of two two-win teams. Over the last three games, Justin Herbert completing 57% of his passes, four touchdowns, four interceptions, a 75.9 passer rating. And Tyson Bagent, he wins game one, and now he's in prime time. Hutton, this is uh, what I like to call an Al Michaels special because formerly he was on Sunday Night Football, and this is a game made for prime video. This is a game that Al Michaels would half-heartedly call for Amazon Prime with this matchup of two win teams, the Bears and Chargers. This is a truly bad Sunday Night Football matchup, one of which I, it's rare to find on Sunday Night Football to find one this bad at this point in the season. Bajent with a win on, on Sunday night. He could become the second undrafted rookie quarterback to win his first two starts. Only Devlin Duck Hodges in oh, 2019 yeah, Duck. Uh, holds that distinction. Lions at five and two. The Raiders, they need to win. They're three and four. Monday night football's matchup between Detroit and Las Vegas. If Jimmy Garoppolo returns to action for the Raiders, Detroit can get after him. 
If Garoppolo misses, well, um, we just saw what happened with Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. They lost by 18 to the Chicago Bears. Hoyer has lost 13 straight starts in the league, and the Raiders have not won a road game at night since 2017. <laughs> Six straight losses. They've oh. been in primetime quite a bit. A lot of that due to Gruden, and some of that due to just Raider Nation that travels and tunes in. But in this case, it's a lot like uh, the, the stat we referenced last week about Kirk Cousins in primetime. He was 2-10, and 10, I believe. And guess what he did? He won. Beat the 49ers. He won. Hutton, excellent work, as That's always. That's one big thing on every NFL game. Yeah. One of the segments I look forward to every week. Terrific. We also look forward to it. our visit weekly with Ryan Leaf. He hops in he next. He crushes it. He absolutely does. Ryan is joining us in a matter of minutes right here on Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Glad you're with us. Chat is the chat on fire today. Chat's on fire. I would like to request no more Sweet Home Alabama played by Colin oh, ever wow. again. I'd wow. like to make that official request, please. Other than that, though, you chat's, are a Tennessee fan. Chat's been great. Yeah, not, it's just not. I don't know. I'm okay with some Leonard Skinner. Just not not good with that song. Something oh. about it. Something about it really right. makes my skin crawl. You can have the veto power on Much that. Much like I, this whole Jim Harbaugh it. story starting to make my skin crawl a little bit. Chat's been on fire uh, throughout the day, Hutton. People have what's, strong opinions. What's interesting is people have strong opinions. But I think the vast majority of fans are just kind of, uh, everybody's still in sign. But this is the, they're going to extreme lengths to do it and violating the one specific area of the rule that they can't do. That, that's the difference. And I, I have thought to myself, too, what would this story be if this were Alabama or Georgia? I and, mean, I think it's about as 10. big, you know, with, with but, Michigan. Well, it's big. It's a, it's a massive, like, it's a massive everyone's banner program. It. But would it, be, would it be treated like true, like, downright cheating Instead well, of just be, kind of like, oh, it's it's frowned upon, but everybody's doing here's, it. Because that's kind of the sentiment with this. Here's the difference. If it was Georgia or Alabama, everyone would immediately jump to, well, of course. It's the SEC. Right. And look at this. Oh, back-to-back -back national champions. Bravo, Bulldogs. And stealing all those signs to do it. Or, oh, Nick Saban's dynasty at Alabama. Oh, you knew they were up to something. It would have been a lot of that. Michigan hasn't won a na national title under Harbaugh. So... A lot of people don't like Jim Harbaugh, but I think Hutton, the difference in the response is it's more of this seems like a very calculated, orchestrated thing that hasn't well, paid off to the top level yet. Right. But what they're doing to try to break into that national championship club is what's going on. Well, um, and, I, and I'm saying, like, I, it is big. It, with the layers added to it, everyone's changing their view on it, right? Their stand. But even some, many of the coaches are, are just kind of, eh. Everyone's, everyone's yeah, trying to get an advantage. It's, and it's it, getting a bit of a mixed bag, though, right now, because but, we did have Kirby Smart yesterday right. at his press conference. He, went, he said, I have never heard of anything like this to this extent. He said, we used to coach when I was in high school, my dad coached. He said, we'd go watch teams play, but we're just writing down the plays they're running and drawing them out as we go. I've, I've never seen someone pay someone or heard of this to go 
video the opponents and try to steal their sons. And then you have Saban that went on McAfee today and said, just like, get, put I don't know that in. much about it. I'm not that in tune, but we need to have your... And they, but then they that do. That should be the solution. Uh, they do. Now, here's what I don't want in all this. I don't want the, the, the end story of this to be, well, at least Michigan convinced everyone to put an earpiece in. Uh, they're, they're, the, they're the martyr in all this, but it was because of them that we now have an earpiece. I, I like some gray in sports, right? The, the, every sport, and you can go through each one, they have their individual areas of the gray, right? Baseball. You can steal the sign if you're at second base looking back at the catcher, and if you, if you get tipped yep. off, it's fair. But if you're using electronic devices or banging on trash, obviously that's not fair, and that cheats the game. This is another one of those where initially I think everyone kind of rushed to, well, this is one of those gray areas, doesn't seem that bad. And as it's gone on, I think most are starting to turn and say, well, you do need some right, right and wrong. Everything just can't be well at sports, and we're trying to gain an advantage however we can, so all's fair. No, we do want to watch the games with some level of integrity. We do want to watch the games and feel like they're on the up and up to a level that no one's going above and beyond what the other team is doing. Now, if one team is more prepared than the other because they're doing everything possible, okay, great. But there's a difference between preparations and having a director of military intelligence within your program that's scouting every opponent. Operations. And the next level to this is what John Bryce talked about with us, which is if they're taking that to try to gain an advantage over their opponents and pushing it to other opponents of their opposition to knock them off for the college football playoff, that's where this thing can really blow up. Yes, and that's where it, it truly expands into a much uh, larger spider web. Ryan Leaf joins us on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow here on the Outkick Network. Uh, he will be on the call for the world's largest cocktail party between Georgia and Florida. That's a nice assignment. On, yeah, absolutely. We've been is. down there, Hutton. Always a, always a festive event with yeah. the red and the blue yes. straight down the yes. middle. The, the coolest spot is the visual of both fan bases perfectly 50-50 in that stadium. Ryan, uh, good to see you, man. Hope things are well. And uh, what do you make of the, the, the ever-evolving story with the Michigan Connor Stallions sign-stealing operations and now – the, the depths at which and layers that we're beginning to see turn over through other reporting. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, I think I did. I get a freeze on you. Okay. Uh, I think that this is much to do about nothing, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, I I don't. I think all the teams are doing it. I think that uh, Michigan's just been better at it than everybody else, and uh, frankly. Is there a rule? I, I haven't seen the Big Ten rule about advanced scouting, so I don't, I don't know if there is. They haven't issued an investigation within the conference, which is the only thing I'd be worried about if I was Michigan, if it started in the conference or if the college football playoff committee started using this as one of the criteria and when they're making their picks, because they easily could be the number one overall sure. team in the college football playoff rankings next, next Tuesday night. 
And there, I mean, there's the NCAA rule about uh, off-site yeah, scouting. There's, there's no rule, scouting. Ryan, about um, not stealing signs. That's not a written rule. The rule is you can't scout off-site, which has been around since 1994. So if you're there and some a member of your staff is there videoing something, that's completely against. That's the rule that's been violated. But, but, NCAA rule and, and a Big Ten rule, I yeah, think. Yeah, I would assume it's the Big Ten rule alongside it because if it was just the NCAA rule. If I'm Jim Harbaugh, I just look at the NCAA and say, get off my lawn. You guys, you know, party planning, uh, you know, committee is what you is what you really only do in March. And so I wouldn't pay much stock into that. We'll see what the Big Ten does. They have not yet initiated any sort of investigation. So if the conference hasn't done that yet, that leads me to believe that, you know, when we talk about smoke and there's fire, I get it. If the conference that it's in, with all the news, and the news has started all the way back into in December, has has yet to initiate any sort of investigation, then that leads me to believe that, um, um, that you know there hasn't there hasn't been a lot of um, pressure to 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 go off and do this right now. Ryan Leaf, our guest, you you certainly know the uh, the links that coaches will go to try to gain an advantage, programs, teams uh, at, at any level. Uh, any good examples of things that you have seen over the years that just, even if it doesn't truly give you an edge on the field, there's a, a sense that there's a mental edge with whatever the team is doing. Or even something you thought another team was doing yeah. against the team you were right. playing on that, that you, you could allege that you saw. We did. Well, I, when we were playing the Cal Bears, uh, our, our run to the roses, um, one of our offensive linemen came in midweek and he had spotted something on film. And, and um, and we had a buy, so we were preparing for, for Kyle a week out. And so, um, you know, we had the film, A, and then, you know, most of the guys were heading home for the bye week. So when they went back to the, the Bay Area, they, you know, they went and watched a Cal football game. And, uh, and, and I think they um, confirmed what we had thought. The defensive lineman uh, had a tendency to line up with one hand uh, when he was uh, – uh, when he was in a three technique and when he was in a three technique with another hand down on the ground, it was uh, indicative of a pass rush or uh, I kind of run one and we could call a play or he could tap me on my side and let me know in the game. And I would change the play call where we would gash him. And, you know, I threw five touchdowns and, and ran for one in that game. And, and I was, I was pulled at halftime, like up 56 to six, you know, so it was, I don't think it, it necessarily, you know, change the direction, but it certainly gave us an advantage, you know, and that was just really good work by one of my great offensive linemen looking and being diligent in the film watching aspect of scouting. You know, he just noticed something that a, a tell that a player had. Ryan, you're usually either on the call for a college football game, and I know you're getting a chance to watch a lot on television as well. Just general observation. Do you feel like officiating is worse right now in college football, or is it we're seeing more with a combination of rules experts and former officials either second-guessing or looking things on the broadcast also? Where do you think we are right now in terms of officiating across college football? Um, you know, I'm not a big uh, complainer of officiating. I feel like there's so many calls during a game that uh, unless it's completely one-sided, which I rarely see it be, it's a difficult job to do, especially for guys that are not being paid to, to be, uh, you know, full-time referees. 
uh, in, in this uh, in this le- in this uh, college world. Same with the NFL, to be frank. And um, and so I don't I don't pay too much stock to it. There's some you know when we see some egregious calls, people point it out, of course. But if you go and from the moment that kicks off until the end of the game, there are so many opportunities. There's so many things that can go which way or the other. Everything's magnified in the last two minutes, and I think that's where we tend to look at so much. But I, I go back to that New Orleans Saints. Uh, Los Angeles Rams game in which, you know, the Saints pretty much got screwed with a bad call. You know, you go back and and look at other calls in that game. And I said, if it went this way, they may have never even been in that position. You don't know. You have no idea. So I don't I don't like to speculate until until they ultimately go to, you know, computerized, uh, you know, decision making around those things. There's nothing really can do when human beings are out there trying to make the best possible decisions they can in the moment. Ryan Leaf, our guest on Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Uh, Lincoln Riley back at practice, but he's being treated for pneumonia uh, for, for the USC Trojans. This is coming off of two straight losses for the Trojans and a difficult stretch coming up to finish, and they're playing Cal this week. Are we about to see USC go off a cliff here with two losses now and probably more given the fact that they've got Washington, Oregon, and UCLA to finish? I think I was on this show a couple of weeks ago with you guys and we were talking about it when they were going up against Notre Dame that, you know, yep. out of the six final games, they had a real chance of maybe losing three of them. And uh, and it would start with that Notre Dame uh, matchup and certainly did. Now, they've been close in both of them. They, the Utah game was a, a such a great football game. I, I don't know if you guys stayed up and watched it, but yes. it was such a great football game to see Bryson Barnes be able to do that uh, with, the, with the injuries that have plagued the Utah Utes. I thought that was huge. Um, you know, I, I did not think that this US team, USC team was was capable of being a, a, a college football playoff contender. I'm glad they did not get in last year. I'm glad Utah exposed them because it could have been really embarrassing because that defense is so porous. And the things that we talked about is, is just really the negative. And unfortunately for Caleb Williams, he's just being asked to do too much now, right? And, and I don't care how great you are, unless you do what Cam Newton did years ago where they ran the football and utilized like, physical upfront types of things you can't go backwards and backwards and backwards as a quarterback and ultimately figure it out you'll make plays and make plays and you'll make them to a point where you almost stay in the game but yeah I would suspect they probably lose to Oregon and Washington um, but I tell you what that 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 those games also present a really great opportunity for Lincoln Riley to write the ship too for everybody and if doing that they would knock guys off where they could get themselves back into the conversation for the Pac-12 championship. And that's all they want. They want an opportunity to get back there. And they have the games ahead of them that allows for that. So if Washington uh, comes down and they're able to beat them, that's a big deal. But also if Washington comes down and Michael Penix Jr. has a day, uh, that may sew up the the Heisman Trophy for him. Ron, we've got about a minute left here. The game that you're going to be on the call for, Florida and Georgia, is this going to be a game? Graham Mertz has been pretty consistent for the Gators at quarterback. Can he do that against the Georgia defense? He has. You're exactly right. Over 76% completion percentage, 12 touchdowns, two interceptions. He had a huge game against South Carolina, coming off his best game as a, as a Gator in Billy Napier's offense. I'd like to see it. Spread's only 14 and a half. That's yeah. not in the realm of what Georgia normally sits in in these kind of games over the last few years. Also, good note. Last time that Georgia lost a regular season football game, everybody, to Florida three years ago. So that was a much different team. Dan Mullins was the head coach. Kyle Trask was the quarterback. 
You had Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony out there. So it's much different look. Uh, I hope it's a good game. But early on, if if Beck and those guys, you know, shake loose, uh, you know, then that's that's the end of the story. If they shake loose, you know, Florida's just not going to be able to keep up. Ryan Leaf has, has been our guest. Always enjoy the visit, Ryan. Uh, appreciate you as always. And uh, glad you're feeling better, man. And uh, we'll catch up next week. Enjoy uh, Jacksonville. Appreciate it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Get back out. I've never called this game. Uh, I've never been to this game. So I'm it's excited cool. to see what it's all about. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, Chad and I had the chance to go a couple years ago. It was uh, it was better than really I cool. ever would have expected. Yeah, with the tailgating and everything it was very cool. Very cool. My, my my wife just told me as we were driving here that uh, uh, told me to behave. I don't know what the hell that means, but <laughs> it's good advice. All right. It's, it's yeah. good advice yeah. for sure. We'll, we'll try to do the same on this end. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Good to see you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Now, check out the Straight Line Pod, by the way, with, with Ryan Leaf uh, and at Ryan D. Leaf on social. Always great uh, analysis there. Coming up, we preview Thursday night football. Bills hosting the Bucks. Is Tampa going to pull the road upset and send Buffalo to 500? This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne. Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Fast show today at 6 the Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad, go ahead and decree the weekend is here. Oh, no, I forgot to do it at the start of the show. Shame on me. For not decreeing the weekend's arrival. And Thursday on this show is the start of the weekend. So congratulations, everyone. You made it to the end of the week. Here we are. But we will have another show tomorrow on a weekend day. That's how hard we work on a Friday. That's, that's right. a weekend for us on this show. We're going to have fun on tomorrow's show, though, too. And, and we still got a little bit of time left in this Chad's one. Chad's right. It's the, the weekend's here because football uh, is here. Thursday night football, Buffalo hosting Tampa Bay. Right now, the, uh, the spread is nine in favor of the home team, the Bills, and the over-under at 43. And uh, you can play this game at PointsBet. Outkick.com slash bet is where you go. If you haven't taken your shot with PointsBet, now's the perfect time. And uh, take advantage. First-time PointsBet users grab this unique offer. Right now, new PointsBet users can get up to $1,000 in second-chance bets. If your first bet doesn't go as planned, PointsBet has your back with a second chance. Get this offer by visiting Outkick.com slash bet. You complete the registration process with PointsBet. And you make your first bet. If your first bet happens to lose, that's when second chance bets come into play. Remember, terms and conditions apply. You got to be 21 or older in legal gambling states. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Outkick.com slash bet is where you go right now to snag this offer. Chad, um, this is a Tampa offense that has a chance with Baker playing to put up some yards and some points because Buffalo's defense is banged up and they have surrendered points, drives, yards to back-to-back opponents that had no business doing that and maybe not scoring uh, a ton of points uh, by the opposition, but they stay on the field and keep Josh Allen on the opposite side of the field. But while Tampa may do just that against this Bills defense, where uh, the, the stat on that, by the way, 
the Bills defense, they are surrendering 315 yards. Um, Giants and Patriots both put up over 315 yards of offense. Even though Tampa may do that, this is also a Tampa secondary and pass defense that allows roughly 250 yards passing per game. Josh Allen, he is 0-2 this season when he turns the football over multiple times. If he can play a clean game, I would lay the points and take Buffalo minus nine at home on a short week trying to get things right. It comes down to whether or not you trust Josh Allen can do that against Tampa's defense. But again, Tampa's defense gives up a ton of yards in the passing department. And Buffalo does that pretty well, or they have been in recent years. They need to get that back on track at four and three. I think they come out desperate at four and three. I do too. Uh, if I had to play the points, I would lay the points, take Buffalo to cover. Uh, not going to do that. Going to go a little bit off the board. I'm going to bet with my heart here a little bit okay. because I've now elevated this guy on my fantasy football team with Zach Ertz on IR. Okay. Dalton Kincaid was drafted to be a red zone touchdown score for the Buffalo Bills. I think he finds the end zone tonight, plus 220. Anytime touchdown for Dalton Kincaid of the Bills. I'm going to roll with that one. I'm placing the bet right now. You can place this bet like the game's already happened. You notice how all the, the talk radio guys – that say, you know, play this game as if it's already happened. They all sound exactly the same. They do. Like the gravel yeah, in their voice. Guy. Well, they, they, we as had that, saying it. Over the years, we've Critical had. Critical information, you know, call this hotline. There was number. one guy who changed his name. Like they, they just went from one name to the other. And then there was Jonathan Stone, who would always. Stone Cold Locks? Yeah, Stone Cold Locks. And you could always. You could. Uh, call in and get the information so you could uh, lay a bet as if the game's already been played. It's like this game has already been played. I, I like that one when they go with that. I like the uh, how serious it sounds when they say critical information on such and such call game. Call this number. Critical information. Hear the voicemail. Bills, Bucks. You have to call this number to receive that critical information. Like they're on the field. You know, you're going to call someone on a cell phone. They're yeah. right there. I'm like, I'm watching this guy tape up his ankle right now. It doesn't look good. That's the critical information. I love those guys. They're always fun. Uh, keep in mind, that the Bills are winless this season. They're 0-3 when they don't rush for 100 yards. Tampa Bay's run defense is really good. Third or fourth best in the NFL. That could play a factor here. But, uh, like we mentioned earlier this hour, um, Florida teams historically don't perform well on the road in Buffalo. 7-23 and straight up. Um, in in Buffalo for the Bucks, the Dolphins, and the Jaguars. I, I'm, I'm with you, Chad. I'm taking uh, I think the Bills get right tonight. I agree. It's time for uh, us to uh, get it right with our NFL elimination picks. With more, here's Davey Hudson. Not good. That's, that's, that's more. Uh, we got to get it right. We all... It's all been good for me for a while. Through seven weeks, we're all eliminated. Yeah, Hut and I both had With two chances. Two teams go Hutton, down. Can you define second chance for us? We all had a second chance. We did, and mm. we failed with a second chance. Yeah. We we're all eliminated. Looking at the graphic now. Good night, everyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two Let's weeks in a row clip. for me. Uh, but yeah, Hut had the Bills last week. I had the Packers. Things did the not Bills go as planned. Bills lost to the Patriots. I mean, what? What? I mean, that what? was our that was our lock, Hutton, and we didn't even confer on it, and we both went. Bills we're, minus eight, I eight think, in that half. game. Eight and a half as and our lock them, of the now week. Now we're laying nine. And they lost outright. <laughs> so, 
we're all losers at the end of the day on this one. So we're starting anew, but we wanted to show you kind of how Start things fresh. ended. So everybody is back to zero. And for week eight, Chad has the first pick. Oh, I'm a Chad, zero. All fresh. Right. I am zero. All right. I'm zero and the wrong team favor in college football. I was the zero that was eliminated first with these picks. I've been a zero all fall. I can't get anything right. I have no clue what's going to happen. Davey asked me for my pick earlier today, and I, in a defeated way, I just said, hell, I don't know, the Ravens. Uh, so that's what I'll say to you right now. Give me Baltimore to beat Arizona. Last stand for Josh Dobbs. He'll probably come up big and upset Baltimore, but I'm going to go Ravens this week over the Cardinals. MVP I like that Lamar. I, do you think Kyler gets activated? I mean, he's been listed as a full participant in practice, and it's uh, his – I now do. two weeks into his window for playing. when he could be activated. And if this was a Call of Duty a tournament, they'd win, but yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's a football I, game. Well, Arizona has lost three games in a row by 10 points or more. This is after they had started very competitive and losing games, but tight window ball games. Um, and you have, uh, you have the record in your favor, Chad. 50 and 18 is the record for Lamar Jackson when he starts for Baltimore. And they're 16 and 1 against the NFC. Well, let's make career. it seventeen and one. Tonight. I think you. I think well. Or tomorrow, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think you will. Well, guys, I will be going with the Detroit Lions. I just can't see this team playing as bad as they did against the Ravens. And credit to the Ravens for being elite. But this team, they have heart. They're going to bounce back. They're going to have a good performance. This is prime time Monday Night Football. I don't trust the Raiders. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is expected to be back. But the Raiders, they're just not good in primetime. Over the last 10 seasons, they're 1-8 when on the road in a primetime game. I don't anticipate them showing up and playing well. And the Lions, while the NFC North is looking a little bit more competitive with Minnesota rattling off a couple of wins, they need to make a statement here in front of the entire nation that they're not the team we saw last week against the Ravens. And I think they easily do that. They're an eight-point favorite. And so give me Detroit. Think about the headlines. Uh, Credit Davey, by the way, for saying Detroit, Detroit. like Forrest Gump. Detroit. Like Cleveland Detroit. from Detroit. I like There's the D. Emphasis sure on Texas the D from. Detroit. The, uh, the pressure mounts a bit on Monday morning for Detroit. <laughs> if Minnesota beats... Now we're all going to catch ourselves trying to not if, say Detroit. If Minnesota beats Green Bay, which I think they will, uh, because that would put the Vikings at 4-4, four and four, and if the Lions, for whatever reason, lose to the Raiders. Well, that would have them at five wins. They'd be five and three and four and four. And all of a sudden, the division's back wide open. That would be quite the storyline going into week nine, considering where we were two weeks ago with Minnesota. Um, I'm taking the Miami Dolphins. I'm surprised that they were available on the, the third pick uh, in, in sequence here. Um, I mean... Yes, New England won. They got their second win of the season and shocked me when they beat the Bills a week ago. Uh, Miami coming off the loss against uh, Philly. They have not won against a team with a winning record, Miami. But they play a lot of teams with losing records, and they beat the crap out of them. That's what's going to happen here for the Miami Dolphins at home at... Hard Rock Stadium hosting Bill Belichick's 2-5 and five New England Patriots. I like all those picks. I don't know what that says for any of them, quite frankly, I, for you guys. Imagine if we go I, on three. I hate that for you guys that I love those picks. I expect a bounce-back game for the Dolphins' hut, but I am just always hesitant when it comes to division games, and we're playing this game. 
Except maybe the Chiefs. Could have used that advice last week with the Bills and Patriots, that's for sure. Yeah, well. I mean, I'm not hesitant to pick yeah. Miami against uh, bad opponents. I mean, I in in division, out of division, whatever. I like the I, I do like Hutton how you you're going back to it a second straight week in almost an act of defiance. The Patriots got you last week, got both of us last week against the Bills. He said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going right back in. They're not winning two in a row. Dolphins nope. will get them this week. If it wasn't the Bills, it'll be the Dolphins this week. I like that level of perseverance. Good job. Miami with a loss Good will be five you. and three. I mean, that, and I, all of a sudden, New England's three and five. Does no one want the top, number one overall pick? Is it just Carolina's? They're just, uh, you know what? Everyone. I mean, New England's Go got Mac Jones. Not even Why would they want a number it? one overall pick? Look at that guy. He's great. I mean, he's got the franchise quarterback. No, I'm saying, like, well, Carolina and Chicago with the trade, right? So yeah. you've got, but I'm saying, like, they're, they're 0 and 6. They're hosting Houston. Yeah, I mean, I think people are still trying to win right now for the most part. But everyone, but why is the trade deadline so early in the season? It's a good question. There's a lot of teams push it back a little bit that still have that glimmer of hope, especially this year. Well, didn't they? Didn't it used to be around like week five? Uh, I believe it was a little bit later as well at one point, but there was no extra there no movement. Tr- there also was but no yeah, trade. It was, it was earlier in the season. Yes, trading has become more popular. I feel like in recent years, for years and years, the Trade, it wasn't like Major League Baseball, buyers and sellers. NFL trade deadline didn't mean anything. Now it does. Chad, uh, back it up. You're going to love what Nick Saban had to say about the sign stealing and the helmet communication because this is the NCAA and the power conferences that are trying to cap name, image, likeness and trying to have federal legislation, right? They're crying poor that they need to make budget and everyone needs to, to pay for all these programs that they have. Uh, Saban was like, look, um, if it's about cost with the earpiece and the helmet, that cannot be used as the excuse as to why every college football team can't have their quarterback with uh, the, the hearing aid that allows them to communicate with their coach. He's right. If you want to put an end to this, they can, and they could have. They can, there's a remedy to this very easily. You ship these out. They could have these by Saturday in helmets. Yeah, and you could do a separate rule for FBS and FCS. If the problem is like, oh, we can't do it for every Division two, for every FCS, for every Division three. Okay, I, I get that to that extent. But you can do it for the hundred-some-odd schools, hundred-plus schools in FBS. I, I, it's complete BS to argue that you could not do it for those schools. You can. You can do that right away. I've yet to hear a coach that's against this. Well, Saban's like, it should be a Power 5 rule. Every, everyone has come back, at least the Power 5 coaches I've heard, and said, you know, you want to cut out this and the attempt at doing this? Just put an earpiece in the helmet. Something that's been around in the NFL since 1994. You could do that in major college football. And then have, I don't know why it's not have done. an independent whoever monitoring it. So there's yeah. no you know, craziness going on uh, when the road team all of a sudden has the football and the communication goes out or uh, it miraculously pops back on whenever the home quarterback takes to the field. It's got to be a, um, a league-ruled type thing. I will say, though. Where you've got, like you'd have a review official or whatever, you got almost you have to have an official in charge of it during the game. So um, no one with the home team is, is involved. Late th- this past Saturday, late in Tuscaloosa, that stadium was hopping. Yeah. The quarterback's not going to be able to hear the communication device. Mm-mm. They're still going to have to look over for a sign or a signal. But by and large, this goes away, and there's no 
you know, gray area on what is considered, uh, you know, ethical versus what is illegal on the rule book. Just do away with it. No more sideline signs of like South Park characters where it, you know, that determines what play you're going to run. Real quick breaking news. The NCAA began interviewing low-level football staff. University police today confirmed they have partnered with the FBI into the investigation involving former OC Matt Weiss. FBI now involved. Join us tomorrow, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern.